0: Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, for Thee. Amen. I had a great a conversation with one of the ushers just before the service who said, Simon, we're counting on you for the sermon, which I thought was a good encouragement. And I wondered whether this Commitment Sunday I should just focus in for a good 30 minutes On that part from the gospel that says Lord I'll give half of my possessions to the poor (laughs) let's pray for 20 of those minutes we'll pass around the pledge cards I won't but I want to think about the character Zacchaeus who was a very important figure in the early tradition of Christianity he was considered to be one of the few people in the New Testament whom we could be sure became a citizen of heaven as you can imagine the way the New Testament went, that's a pretty short list. For some reason, Zacchaeus was considered so important that he would be a citizen of heaven. By tradition, he's believed to have become the first bishop of Caesarea in Palestine. And in the Reformation era, when a new church was consecrated, the bishop would proclaim and read this story of the consecration, the opening of a new church, saying, today, salvation has come to this house. So why Zacchaeus? We would be forgiven at this stage in our history, many centuries later, to be scratching our heads, wondering why would this character be so important in the life of the New Testament? And there's a clue in his name in Greek. Zacchaeus in Greek means pure or innocent, which was not how the crowd saw him. To read back on that text, just after Jesus says, come down from the tree, I'm coming to your house, as we used to sing in Sunday school growing up, I'm coming to your house for tea. I guess that was an English thing, this action, the teacup, think of the crown if you've not seen that show. It teaches you everything you need to know about the British. Um, I'm coming to your house for tea, I'm coming to your place. I'm going to be a guest at the heart of your home. Zacchaeus rushes down and as he does, the people grumble. And we do know that the crowd that followed Jesus loved to grumble. Not much has changed, but they loved to grumble. (laughs) And said, I can't believe he is going to commune. He's going to have lunch or dinner. He's going to be in the home of a sinner. So why was Zacchaeus considered a sinner by the crowd? The tax collector was considered a sinner because of who he ate with. Because tax system was controlled by the Roman power, by the Roman state, if you like, those who had control over the political life of Judea at the time, to do his job, Zacchaeus would spend time at table where business was done with Gentiles, thus breaking Jewish dietary laws. They felt that Zacchaeus was unclean because of his, if you like, table manners. Yet we as readers are given a clear indication to see past that as Jesus often teaches in the New Testament, it's not what goes into a person, not the behaviors of ritual uh, rules if you like, that makes a person clean or unclean, but what's in the heart, if you like, the behaviors of the heart. And we know that Zacchaeus had some nodding looks around the crowd as he said, well, is anybody here by chance that I have defrauded? You can imagine like, well, that's pretty much everybody. I'll pay you back fourfold. Zacchaeus, coming down the tree, a changed man, recognizes that the impediment along his way to place his feet upon the journey toward what Jesus called the kingdom of God, the impediment in his life was his relationship to money. For isn't it often the case that we see into the heart of ourselves when we see how we behave toward money. And it was true for Zacchaeus. And so Zacchaeus is a model exemplar, if you like, an ordinary person really, no doubt a tax collector, but not there's no great miracles surrounding his life. He's lifted up as a living example that a person who is penitent can have salvation. That salvation is open to all who repent. And that was of paramount importance to the early church. The early church were very, very interested in answering the question, now in light of Jesus Christ, how might we be saved? That had a whole framework established over centuries as the people of Israel. They understood their relationship to the divine through the law. And Jesus comes and disrupts all of that. And this was a pressing question. How might we be saved? And the answer is found in that example of Zacchaeus, by turning our hearts to God, by walking into the invitation of grace. I think for us, there's a particular part of this story, a particular part of the movement of this action that we see in this small story from Luke's Gospel that is most pertinent to us in our lives. That essentially, Zacchaeus chooses to get out of his tree. Now, for any particular reason, I'm going to come up to this part of the church for, because I'm recognizing that I may be losing some of the crowd up here. <laughs> so I want to think about a meeting I went to this week. It's a very exciting life being a member of the clergy. You go to lots of meetings, do a lot of listening. I went to a meeting of Midtown Alliance, which is an organization in this part of the city that has done extraordinary work to upgrade and um, improve the lives of the communities that live and work and play here, and they're wanting to improve what they call our public life. Each person here has a public life. It doesn't mean that you're famous. Some of you may have very large following on Instagram. Obviously, I've got a large TikTok following. I know that you know that. I don't know what TikTok is, but anyway, you can explain afterwards. Um, they want to improve our life together that we share in public, in common with others. The life we spend outside of our cars, our offices and our homes. But the challenge is that, if you like, we've gotten used to being hanging out in our tree by ourselves, where the only people we can allow up are the people that we allow to climb our branches, that we've got a lot of control over the life that we lead. And for a couple of years during the pandemic, that made a lot of sense, because it was safer to stay at home. Only thing is, now, of course, we can do everything from the safety of our own branches. We can date online. We can go shopping for our groceries, for our clothes, pretty much for anything online. We can go to work by zooming in from the kitchen counter. Many of you went to school online. We can even go to church online. And those who are joining us online, thanks be to God that you're here. (laughs) The danger is in leading a life that keeps us somewhat detached from that ground level. Our life might meet a stranger's life or a new friend. That chance encounter is that we have this discretionary distance. We do our politics online or offer our opinion of the world and how things should be or shouldn't be. Choosing who to listen to and who to put on mute maybe permanently the invitation as part of a community of faith that banks itself literally here on this commitment Sonny that places our financial gifts onto a common table is an invitation to share a public life it's therefore an invitation to let go of the branches and to get out of our tree that was my moment with you you can relax I'm gonna go back they've got some tree problems down here I'm gonna come down back to the rest of the crowd it can be hard to let go of the branches of our trees because at the heart of this story of Zacchaeus is an invitation to change and it's hard to hear that invitation to change in a world that won't stop changing And it's hard to hear that invitation to change when we can have so many stresses on our lives. So much has changed. It was striking to hear as we make our slow and our gradual return to worshipping on this block, and being an in-person community, recognizing that many people are not able already to be in person quite yet, how much that's true for restaurants in Midtown for office spaces in Midtown. In fact, for any of the places that we might have in common. Hearing with the people gathered for that meeting of Midtown Alliance this week, it's a problem or a challenge or a reality that we share with so many others. But life together requires of us to be willing to let go of the branches, climb out of our trees, and be willing to place our feet upon the path toward that destination Jesus called the kingdom of God. That requires us to be open, to be changed. It requires us to dare to have the vulnerability that our heart might soften, especially with those parts of our lives or those relationships that have become hardened because of often conflict or pain. Yet this is a place of commitment, and every year we make our pledges to the church and no it's not too late and you're going to hear about that in a little while We make our pledges to the church as an act of recommitment of a life forged together not alone and in the best of the Anglican tradition that means with people with whom you disagree for where else would it be in your life where you can live into a healthy model of disagreeing about the upcoming election or disagreeing about the future of our planet, or of education, or of prisons, or crime, or just name any issue. I give thanks that this is a community that chooses to confront those issues, learning to listen to one another that our sense of the world might broaden, that our definition of who we might love might expand, and our understanding of how to love our neighbor grows and deepens. I give thanks that this is a church deeply committed deeply rooted here and for the over 500 people who have already pledged their commitment to all Saints, I give thanks for you in showing all of us just how deep those roots go but you only have to attend one covenant community celebration of memories and hope and see what it looks like for life to be transformed or listen to the beautiful sound of youth and adults singing together to see what can be possible when you build intentionally a multi-generational community. You get an image of what life can be like together when we seek to travel over and see past the things that divide us, to build upon our common humanity. As Melinda Snow invited us to imagine, what would it be like if this church was not sitting on this corner? I'm very clear in my own heart and mind that Atlanta would be missing something very dear, very precious, not just meaningful, but impactful in the life of this particular part of this country, of God's world. And that is about your commitment. So that's my invitation this morning. No matter your age, come down from the tree when you're ready. Jesus has some marching orders for you and I. Thanks be to God for that. Amen.